You are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Kalem, alongside my sidekick, Mr. Kev. We got a lot to talk about today, a lot of sports news over the weekend. We got a big old happy pile of greatness dropped in our lap. Kev, there is a lot of stuff to talk about, so let's just get rock and rolling here. First of all, Kev, I, I want to start dancing, but I'll just do a celebratory toast instead. Kev, you can drink your, I'll, I'll do my Imperial IPA. Kev can put up his White Claw. Folks, baseball is returning somehow, someway, somehow where baseball is happening. Thank God. Manfred, the owners, Tony Clark, they, even though the players are still kind of like not loving the 60-game season, but common sense dictates that there's no other way. Nobody wants to play in baseball in November. And the only way they're getting a season in is if they do 60, which will get them done by September, um, end of September. But, yeah, Universal DH, which I'm kind of hype about. I want to see who my Diamondback, our Diamondbacks roll out at DH, Kev. Um, and is yeah. that official? Yeah, no. That was part be, of the initial offer that the players I, rejected. I think they are doing the Universal DH. I don't know. And I think I, that was at least what I saw. Get clarification, but I swear the Universal DH is still part of the deal. But I will say this. I was a little depressed on Friday when the only person, Kevin's favorite broadcaster, Coward, was the only person I heard from all week. You know me. I, I listen to a lot of sports. I was just, All these talk shows, everyone was just bashing the MLB, and Kev's boy, Coward, was like, there's a shot. There'll be baseball. It's just going to be short as hell. And he said on Monday, he's like, oh, I don't think it's going to happen. And then I wake up, what was, what was it, last night we got the news? Uh, Yeah. About late late last night, Kev put up in the belly up um, company chat, baseball's back. And they agreed on, on the MLB put forward their, uh, what the season's going to look like. And I'm just like, they're right. I like this. I dig this. This is great. So uh, let's just. Tony Clark, shut up. Owner, shut up. Rob Manfred, don't screw it up. Let's just get some baseball. We need sports. I'm excited for the MLS on on July 8th. That's how badly I want sports, okay? I mean, we also have to talk about Bubba Wallace today as well. But, I mean, like, whew. Sports has just started. Like, the last, what, 48 hours, sports just hit the accelerator. We got in the headlines again. Yeah, I mean, the... The MLB is not technically back. It's getting closer to be back. Yeah, they're just going back to the March agreement that they had that says they can set up the schedule however they want. The players can still not show up if they want. I am well. Hopefully, well, they, they, then they they really the MLB just said, hey, the MLB just played their trump card basically. Finally, they they were like, hey, you'll look like the you'll get no public support here. If you'd screw this up, because that's how it's leaning. How like if I hear one more comment at Tony Clark saying like just asking for insurmountable stuff in this current 
Like, yes, I get it. The MLB and the uh, the MLB players and the owners have never had a good relationship. There's a strike every 10 years. But I just – it it's just not a great look for either side. And the owners just said, this is 60 games. Just do it. Just get the season going. I mean, who knows? Pot optimism. We may have fans for the playoffs. We may not. I don't know. But at least there's something to look forward to. So baseball is leaning towards optimism, which we weren't having on Thursday. So, yeah, th- this is basically just a step towards maybe having a season. There's no universal DH. There might be a 60-game schedule. All right. I mean, I would have loved to see a universal DH. I think that's what the league needs to do. But as much as I love the fact that I have the, we had, my team now has the best hitting pitcher in the league – I, I still don't like, you know, I don't want him r- rounding the bases. Look what it did to Francisco Liriano's leg. Um, All right. From one league that gave us optimism to one league that just started this, that just all of a sudden disappointed me. Everyone saw the headline a few minutes ago. Um, Nikola Djokic tested positive for coronavirus in his native land of Serbia. So he's not returning to the stage yet. He's in quarantine. Um, any update on how he's feeling, Kev? Uh, he, he tested positive a week ago. He's been asymptomatic the whole time. He will probably be allowed to travel next week. So this isn't a big deal. It's just another athlete who caught it because, let's be honest, what, over a million people in the world have caught, contracted it or something like that? Something like that. Something like that, yeah. So it, like – I have a, a friend of mine, Brian, shout out. He, um, a good friend of mine from the gym, works for the testing company that we're, that's out of Connecticut. He told me that in my state, which ironically somehow we're like one of the leaders in coronavirus recovery, like we have the lowest numbers in the, in the country. We also have a very small population. But um, he goes, yeah, out of all the tests we did, about 80% were asymptomatic, the ones that tested positive, which is kind of mind-blowing a little bit, but – Especially the way that everyone was selling it, like it was like the next plague. But you know, it's still not it's still not something to, to mock or make fun of. But I'm good that Joker's asymptomatic. He'll be good to go in a week. But the NBA, I said this I said this to Kev pre-show. I said Adam Silver reminds me of the mom who wraps her kid in bubble wrap, puts knee pads on top of knee pads, and makes him wear a full football helmet to go sledding. Because, Kev, you said the NBA is getting a little cautious right now with uh, their postseason. Silver's not. Silver still believes they can do it, but a lot of teams are getting concerned, specifically the players. Well, I mean, can I be honest with you? The NBA's idea of this – what? This is a safe space. (laughs) Not really. We're brutal each other. The NBA – the way they went about this, I get what they were trying to do, but I almost feel like I think some of the like whole like the these crazy guidelines that they have, I think that's what's rub- that's scaring the players off. I really do. I think that's what the overall. I, and, I mean, yes, the, the social climate right now is not great, but I, I don't know. It's gonna we're gonna have to see. But still, Adam Silver just kind of comes a little. Uh, Overprotective mom to me. I also think that the NBA just this 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 uh this whole pandemic has brought has shown the league's identities in full, like all the stereotypes you have about the leagues. 
like let's let's go through this right now. The NFL, the most organized, the most streamlined. There may be some hitches, some giddy ups, but generally they're pretty on their stuff. The NBA, run by star players. You have some crazy star players, and very socially connected. And their commissioner kind of seems a little like hanging on for the reins while LeBron drives the truck. Hockey, Gary Bettman's nuts, but they're a little more streamlined than the other two sports that I'm about to mention. And the last one, baseball, it's rich guys, young guys are employing to play baseball. That's what I've gotten over the past two months about getting sports back, is that over the four biggest American leagues, sports leagues, that's my impression of every single league. How does hockey and football, they just get it. Like, you haven't heard a hiccup. I don't know. It's it's, it's crazy. I think it's a little ridiculous, though, the people who are arguing, oh, these are professional athletes. They'll be fine. Yeah. No, I'm saying it's still a pandemic. I'm just saying they are better off than, let's say, my grandmother, who's 85 years old, and her immune system is about as stable as the bottom layer of a stool underneath a big person. Okay? It's very fragile. I, I just... But those people are also ignoring the coaching staff, the team, the people who work for the team who aren't necessarily on the coaching staff. They're not players. They're trainers. Yeah. They handle the equipment for the players. They are also at extreme risk, and some of them are in that dangerous age group. Yeah. They should be, be – They NBA should be cautious about this. You don't want a situation where Doc Rivers, who's 58, catches it and has to go to the hospital and miss playoff games. Yeah. Or Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni is the perfect example. He's 69. Yeah. You no, don't I, want a head coach I, skipping game, not skipping, missing games because they caught coronavirus. I'm also thinking, like, I feel like this, the NBA's plan, even though it looked thought, it looked thought out, I also feel like there were a couple of holes that they missed. Like, if I was the NBA, I'd have your coach sit in his own little like pe- like box like i would ha- like almost like a, like not like a, they could easily set something up where like the coach is not in contact with the players but yet is still available to con- like he's either behind like a glass box like in hockey or something just especially for some of these coaches because not all of them are brad stevens in their mid 40s some of these guys are mike d'antoni who's 69 years old yeah, and i don't they can't really have them in a box It'd be too difficult to draw up the plays and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that teams are concerned is a good thing. Oh no, no, no. I'm, I, I get, I see your point. I agree with you. That should be concerned. But I feel like this plan should, this, there should, at least the coaches should have worn like a plastic face shield or something. Oh, I have no doubt in my mind that the NBA is going to make coaches wear at least a mask. Yeah, I think that's like. Like you, like listen, the players wearing masks. I, I you know what? I, I don't know, but I don't think it's feasible. But no, I mean, I mean, the NFL guys are wearing Halo helmets uh, in September, which got me hype as hell. It looks so dope. That's a little easier to enforce, though. Yeah, uh, but like, I don't know. I think like I think the NBA should be cautious. But look, all right. So Kev, I'm an essential worker. Everyone who listens to the show knows that. I I okay, well, when I found out my blood type basically tells coronavirus to go f itself. But um, 
like I have like the whatever the stro- whatever, I'm like the worst blood type for coronavirus. Like as in like it it doesn't really do much to me at all. O positive. So if you if you're O positive, you're good. You're, I found out you're 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 do a lot better off than like anybody else. But anyway, like I you just have to handle it like some of these states handle. Like all right, listen to all the equipment managers and all of the you know second like secondary people who aren't actual players, coaches, face shields, gloves hand sanitizer, wash your hands. It's basic things like that. And like, don't take your gloves off until you're done. Even like studies have shown, like even over contact, there's even like, um, it's basically, it's Kev, it's basically me talking to you from under six feet with no mask on. That's how the thing spreads. The surfaces thing can get a little dicey, especially with hand sanitizer or something. Yeah, I, I blame Florida. As most things that go wrong in this country, you can blame Florida. Yeah. Since they reopened, they had 4,049 new cases Saturday. It's not like Arizona where they misreported half the numbers as anybody, as anybody numbers too, which I thought was hysterical. Also, that broke the single day record for new cases. Yeah. Which was 3,822 set the day before. Well, you know what's crazy, Kev? Your you, your state and my state border, and I have I look at Connecticut right now. There are less than 300 total cases in the hospital left in Connecticut. That's insane. And I mean, look, I may be carrying it right now. I don't know, but I, I follow all the guidelines that like the state tells me. Like when I'm at the gym, I put my mask on, I hand sanitize my hands as much as possible. I wash I wash my hands, everything else. But, I don't know, I just feel like a lot of those southern states went way too gung-ho, way too fast, and where he feeling about it. But also, I also want to know how many of those are asymptomatic. Also, the problem is Florida has a very large elderly population, so does Arizona. That's what crack, That's what scares me about this, like those numbers. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Florida is awful. Florida is I, – I made the joke the other day. Florida is America's third world country. Pretty much. Couple, three or four nice cities, and the rest of it's holy god. Um, all right, more semi-optimistic news for at least Lamar Jackson, one of my favorite non-Eagles because I love his mentality. You know, shut up, nobody cares. It's about his work ethic. He basically his his anti-Baker Mayfield shirt is like literally my favorite thing ever. Um, apparently the Ravens and the Seahawks are both in on Antonio Brown. Kev, if you want my honest guy opinion, I think the Ravens have the in on this. The uh, Seahawks have a four-man receiving core. They kind of rotate. They got Lockett, the gadget guy. They've got the young phenom in um, my boy DK. And then they have David Moore and uh, who's the last guy they have? He, I don't know. He burnt the Eagles for like a deep touchdown when they played him in the straight. I can't remember his name or anything. I think his number is like 18 or something like that. I don't remember. But anyway um, – I, my honest to God uh, opinion is I think that if the if the Ravens are open to it, AB to the Ravens, the rookie receiver they got out of Texas, whose name I can't pronounce because it's just a bunch of weird letters put together, which means it's something probably Cajun or uh, I don't know. Anyway, I can't pronounce his last name. I think it's like a newer, a knee or a new or something like that. Anyway, he's out of Texas, fast as hell, good receiver. Um, Marquise Brown. Antonio's cousin, and then you put Antonio in the slot. Lamar Jackson may throw for about four racks this year. 
especially his work ethic. Yeah, I I think it'd be I want Antonio Brown back in the league. I think he, yeah, he's crazy. Hopefully oh, he's, he's kind of calmed down, at least hit it a little better. Yeah. But I think if he's one of the best players, he should be in the league. But also, a lot of people are going to come out of this news report and say, oh, well, which locker room would be better to handle him? This right, and that. It doesn't It doesn't matter which locker room can handle him. I mean, but if you want to really think about that, both locker rooms are very well run. Harbaugh and Carroll are two of the best, like, personnel coaches in the league. Like, oh. honestly, if you – if you like, no, I'm talking about handling personalities. Like, oh, I mean, I don't mean on the field. I mean off the field stuff. I mean, look, I mean, if I'm looking at the Ravens, look at the Ravens culture. You have guys who have been like Calais Campbell, Earl Thomas, Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram. These guys are about winning games. They're not like the guys you see get in trouble. So like, it's the same thing. Why like when I said last year why why Philly should have taken him on is because you know of the Malcolm Jenkins, the Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, the guys like if you have veterans who are about the game, and even with Seattle, you still have Bobby Wagner. And um, Russell Wilson, it's 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 definitely to me like d- depending on the leaders in your locker room, it really can t- you can take on a personality like an Antonio Brown and what he brings to the field. If you can take on the hurricane that comes in the locker room, it's worth it to me. See, yes, but also some guys. Antonio Brown's shown that the locker room guys around him don't matter. On the Patriots with Tom Brady, Julian Edelman. Devin McCourty, Stephon Gilmore, guys who are about winning, and Bill Belichick, he was still threatening witnesses against him. Josh Gordon, in the Patriots locker room, towards the end, starts skipping meetings, goes to the Seahawks, another good locker room, does PEDs and weed, gets suspended again. Aaron Hernandez, in the Patriots locker room, kills like four people. If they're crazy, the locker room's not going to help that. I feel at least for on-field it will. Off the field, it's a wild card. Yeah, and on the field doesn't matter if they're going to play one game, catch four, catch four balls for a touchdown in like ninety yards. Yeah, it's great. If week two they're off assaulting someone. Well, it's all we're going to see, I guess. I mean, I think AB to the Ravens. I mean, playing with his cousin may help, but it also may screw over Marquise Brown because I mean, Antonio doesn't seem like a good influence at all. I think that should be the concern for the Ravens. I don't think they should be looking at, like, can we control Antonio Brown? They should be looking at, we have a young, gifted receiver. Should we maybe not sign Antonio Brown, his His cousin? His insane cousin. Who's gotten him him on the right track. Yeah, who's gotten him in trouble before. Because on other teams, worst case scenario is, A.B. goes crazy, you cut him. On the Ravens, worst case scenario is, A.B. goes crazy with his cousin, we have to cut both of them. Or you suspend Marquise and you lose AB. And Lamar's like, I have one guy to throw to now. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think they would go and cut Hollywood immediately, but I it should be a big concern setting him on the wrong track. True. All right, more NFL news. One from one dysfunctional player to a dysfunctional franchise. Detroit Lions announced today that Martha Ford, the owner of the Lions, will be stepping down. Her daughter will be taking over as the president of the Lions. To quote our boss, Mike Brown, doesn't matter. It's still a Ford. We're still screwed. I I, I have so much optimism for the Lions. They have such a good roster, such good building blocks. But Matt Patricia is their head coach. 
Kev, you've been trying to tell me Matt Patricia was garbage for two years. I didn't believe you. And then I started thinking about this the other day. And it wasn't until the Darius Slay allegations came out where basically Slay was like, yeah, this guy basically was a douchebag to me the entire time he was here while I was there. Slay, you know, pro football focus, top five corner for like the last four years. Basically, Patricia goes in and says, yeah, um, you're not shit. Um, you can't act like Belichick if you haven't won a ring like Belichick. Patricia, you're the reason Belichick doesn't have seven rings. Also fair. Patricia got diced by Nick Foles. <laughs> okay? I, listen, I love Nick Foles. He's a, he's a hero in Philly. He's a folk hero in Eagles fandom. But we all, like, realistic football Eagles fans know if Wentz was in, the game would have been another 20 points. Because Wentz is a much... Okay, maybe 15, but, like, Foles made a lot of bad... Foles, ha, Foles relied on the fact that Alshon Jeffrey was bigger and physical than every other cornerback, where Foles and where Wentz kind of just let the offense flow. Also, Peterson's playbook with Wentz, Foles was about 20 plays, with Wentz was about the full 50. Either way, I'm not getting this argument right now. All I'm saying is Matt Patricia is the reason the Lions will probably never win a playoff game until he's gone. They'll probably never get to the playoffs because he's awful as a head coach. Yeah, and I, again, I don't like defending Matt Patricia as head coach. I liked him enough as a defensive coordinator until Super Bowl 51, or Super Bowl 53, rather. Two? Two. 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 One was against Falcons, two was, my bad. But until that point, I liked him as a uh, coordinator. He is a rocket scientist, so he's smart. It's his handling of personalities I hate. Yeah. And when I saw the news... That Martha Ford was stepping down as the owner. I was like, oh, maybe an infusion of youth is what they need because her daughter's taking over. Then I remembered Martha Ford's daughter is 69 years old. Nice. <laughs> That's not an infusion of youth. That's just a slightly infusion, an infusion of slightly less old. And she's been the vice chairperson since 2014. So she had some say in the team and she has nothing to show for it. Things are still going to be rough in Detroit. Yeah, I just, you know, it's funny. I think Detroit is in a decent position. So they fire Matt Patricia next year. Fingers crossed. They draft a quarterback this draft because they're going to be in the bottom five again. You know how a top ten, you're going to have a potential tight end who's going to be a stud. Who'd they draft? They drafted uh, DeAndre Swift, I know. DeAndre Swift. Monster running back. Who was their first overall pick? Was it the? It was the corner, right? Ogda, Akuda. Akuda, yeah. Drafted Akuda. Now you have a a potential a cornerback who has potential to be a lockdown corner to replace Slay. You draft a corner, the best running back in the draft, in my opinion. And then, oh wait, on top of that, you have T.J. Hawkinson from last year, and you have a couple. They have a, a bunch of young good players. They basically seem to let, and they still have Galladay and Jones. They basically just have to hope to God that, you know, Patricia goes away, they draft a quarterback, Stafford tutors him for a year, and then boom, the Lions are on the fast track back because the Packers are going to be garbage for a couple of years while they're letting Jordan Love work because I guarantee that him, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers are going to end up killing each other by the end of the season. And the Bears are the Bears because they seem to think that Nick, Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles is the answer. I'm sorry, Nick Foles caught Magic in a bottle for two years. That was about it. Um, well... I mean, oh, listen, listen. Unless he's wearing the eagle green, there's something about the uniform to him, man. Okay, that that's what the well was. I was saying, like, 
it was more than okay. two years, just okay, his time like, as an eagle. I That's know, it. Yeah, because the Chip Kelly year we threw for – and then Chip Kelly trades it for Bradford, which made no sense at all. So it, if I were um, – if I were in Chicago and he doesn't work out at the beginning of the year, I would just roll with Mitch Trubisky to see what happens, maybe get a high draft pick, take – Maybe get Trey Lance. By the way, I think he might be the best quarterback in the next class. Have oh, you wow. Shocker. Jared likes a North Dakota State quarterback. Have you uh, – but no, and then – if they play the Eagles, you start Nick Foles. So wait, if you play the Eagles at home, his games against Philadelphia was even worse. <laughs> in the link, I think Nick can capture some magic. I don't think they play him in the link this year. All right, then Nick Foles not starting. Just ride <laughs> it to a three thirteen record. Get a top five pick. Take Trey Lance, Justin Fields. Maybe Jamie Newman if he goes off. Jamie Newman from Georgia. Uh, just transferred. Where was it? where did he transfer from? Wake Forest. <laughs> oh my god. Wait. So maybe he, he does it up the most time. Like two years ago. That's what so is that quarterback? Jamie Newman? Yeah, Newman was a quarterback when they were nasty, right? I mean I won't say he was good last year. He Wake was okay past for a while. I mean they weren't great, but like they had a good quarterback play. Well yeah, for Wake Forest. Yeah, for Wake Forest. It's like saying, hey, I'm Connecticut. I win six and four. That's a great season. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like, you know, SEC, like LSU, Alabama, Clemson. I was like, I don't think they were that good. No. But I mean, last they year. They were ranked for three weeks. Remember, me and Sawyer were complete. Because, you know, you all know I'm a Canes fan. Sawyer's a Pitt, a Pitt Panthers grad. So me and Sawyer talk ACC football, and it's hysterical, and it's hilarity all the time. Sawyer came on the party with me and Kevin once on Xbox and started complaining. Like, Jared, how the hell is is Wake Forest ranked number, like, 21? I'm like, Sawyer, I don't know. They play in the division where Clemson plays. They don't play anybody real until whenever they play Clemson. So there's your answer. The ACC's rankings are stupid. I, I love also when you and Sawyer talk ACC football because he's the only person I know who has to go further back to hold on to the history about national championships. You can go back eighty it's less than that, but about 20 29. years. I know it's a little less than 20. Yeah. Sawyer's got to go back about 44 years. Like, basically, he's got to go pre-Dan Marino and Tony Dorsett. <laughs> I love it. All right. Um. Last but not least, Dak Prescott, Dakota Prescott. Sign his franchise tender, so basically he can start reporting. Um... The overwhelming vibe I've gotten, I've gotten from other sportscasters, I've asked around, this is it for Dak. They're either going to throw him a contract next year or he's gone. This is a, like Either he plays out of his mind or he's not a Cowboy next year. So, I, and there are two Cowboys headlines, actually. It's that and the fact that they asked if Jamal Adams going to the Cowboys. He said, yeah, I'm trying, bro, when he was in the G-Wagon. The problem is, is that multiple people have been like, where are the Cowboys going to find that money to pay him? They might have him for two years, sure, but basically then they're like kind of hosed because the Cowboys salary cap in the next three years, if they do pay Dak, is screwed because they paid everyone else. <laughs> but with Dak, you know what? He paid his franchise tender. I wasn't surprised they didn't throw him a long-term deal. I'm sad they didn't because – 
Kev knows my opinion on me and Kev have the same opinion on Zach Prescott. He's a top 20 quarterback. I had to yell at my friends, friend, friend of the show, Jeffrey Nunez. Basically, he had, wait, who are six? Who, I said there are 16 quarterbacks that take over Zach Prescott. And he got really mad at me when I said Kirk Cousins and Drew Locke. And I said, yeah, but Locke's got a bazooka and he's only in year two. And he doesn't have Zeke as a good friend. So, yeah. Um, also, yeah, Drew Locke can basically – there are five quarterbacks. If I need to throw anywhere on the field, I know I can get it. It's Josh Allen, Mahomes, Wentz, Drew Locke, and um, Cam Newton. Anywhere on the field, I know that ball can get there. No issues. And Dak Prescott has an arm that reminds me of, like – Matt Ryan in his prime. Which isn't bad. It's not good. And also, Dak doesn't do anything for me on the field that actually gets me to the TV. So, I, I think the Cowboys are actually playing the smart here by not re-signing him. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think just because they signed him to this deal, they should still go after Jamal Adams. Because Dak's probably not going to play out of his mind in the next two years. You don't necessarily have to sign him. Sign uh, the Red Rocket, who's accurate. The Red Rocket. <laughs> like, just keep him on the roster and give him Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb, and Zeke in the backfield. He'll do fine. Yeah, honestly, it's a, that's, the, that's the best thing he's had since he had Hill, Green, and uh, Muhammad Sanu. So, yeah. And then on top of that, let's say Dak does play out of his mind. Okay, you let Jamal Adams walk. True. The, the issue is I saw from Scheffner, I saw from a Cowboys insider. Scheffner with a T. Scheffner, yes. Tur. Scheffner. There we go. And uh, I think it was Mike Morse. He reports the Dallas Morning Star. He was on he was on Cowherd yesterday, and he's like, Colin, it's just they don't. The, also, the problem is the Cowboys don't value the apparently. This is according to the guys who've been covering the Cowboys for 20 years. They don't cover. They don't value the position of safety. The last time they wasted a first-round pick on a safety was um, Roy Williams. And everyone's like, oh, Byron Jones. Byron Jones, they started at corner, moved to safety, moved him back to corner. Jeff Heath and HaHa Clinton Dix are safeties. That just tells you when there are better ones on the market. That's all you need to know. Um, that's That was his biggest reason. He goes, the money, yes, is one thing, but like they could find a way to move that around. But – Jamal, the biggest reason is they just don't value the position of safety like other teams do. So, like, a team like Philadelphia, who basically has their entire defense run through their strong safety, <clears throat> Malcolm Jenkins, that makes sense. I don't think Rodney McLeod will be able to step up, so I, I would love to see Jamal Adams. Also, Kevin knows my love affair for Jamal Adams. Um, Madden joke right there. Um, also, I could see Baltimore making a move for him. I don't think they're going to they, – their cap is – non-existent they have like so much space because all their guys are young um but like coward was going on about the jets i just don't see he, the relationship's gone to me i think i don't know i think he's trying to pull jalen ramsey and get himself out i don't know it's gonna be weird i think the next couple weeks we're gonna see really what is gonna transpire if a team actually gonna make a run because with players asking too much the nfl just basically told Jadavion Clowney, you're not worth 14 million stop asking for it yeah, I would also like to point out, since you're talking about Dak's deep throw ability, on PFF's quarterback rankings for throws at least 20 yards downfield, Dak 30. ranks fourth. 
20 is mid. I want 35 or more. So it's I someone, mean, eating that thing, Kev. Come on. I disagree with that. Matt Stafford could throw the ball a mile when he came into the league, and he hasn't done anything to show for it. I'd rather have an accurate quarterback. Also plays for the Lions, but I'd rather have a quarterback who's accurate mid than a quarterback who can sling the rock 80 right. yards downfield and three miles is, to the left. My counterpoint is he had all of his weapons, his offensive line, and his and his like he was ready to go. He took on. Okay, I'm going to be real with you. An Eagles team that had no business being on the same fucking field. They also could – I had this argument yesterday. I said, listen, I am realistic. My Eagles should not have been in the playoffs last year. That's why I wasn't that pissed when they lost. I was pissed that Wentz got knocked out. But honestly, when I said to myself, I'm like, if they pull this off, this is awesome. But the fact is we should have been eliminated by week 12, but we weren't. I don't get how we're still here. And I realized, oh, because the Cowboys can't put away a T-shirt, much less the rival team. Because I mean, also, Zeke takes games off. Zeke does take games off. And Amari Cooper took the last play of the game off. He fits perfectly in Dallas. It's some, it's some. Maybe it's the culture down there. I'm not sure. Dak doesn't seem like he – honestly, I feel like Dak needs to go to, like, a Jacksonville or a Buffalo. Some team that actually has – a even if it's gritty, it may not be a winning culture, but it's a hard-working culture. The Cowboys culture always seemed to me like Zeke feels like a Cowboy. Amari Cooper feels like a cowboy. Zach, to me, feels like he should be playing quarterback for, like, I, I don't know, the Oakland Raiders or something like that. Because like, Dak, I saw Dak one time deck a linebacker. Like, he truck-staked Jordan Hicks. I was like, uh, okay. This kid, like, the one thing about Dak's game I love is his intensity and the fact that he's not afraid to lower his shoulder. It does. It feels like almost like if Dak left Dallas, it'd be the best thing for his career. Maybe not for endorsements, but I feel like there's something about that culture down there. It's just there's a reason they haven't been back to the Super Bowl since I was one years old. True. Can I tell you the most impressive part of that PFF list, though? Yes. I don't know how they decided this. It's list. PFF. They have their own little system. I know, and it's weird. Because, But Carson Wentz is rated 10th on this list. Mm-hmm. He has 35.1 completion percentage, 10.7 yards per attempt, and 79.4 passer rating. With those receivers, that's the most impressive stat line I've ever seen. Yes, and the, pro- and the thing is, <laughs> guys, we make this show all the time. Basically, me and Kev could have tried out for the practice squad in Philly. That's how bad the receiving core was. Yeah, meanwhile, Jameis, even though he throws a billion picks... He also just kills it on the deep ball. Yes. Jameis has a bazooka, and when you have Mike Evans to throw to, it's pretty easy to complete balls downfield. If only he could have seen. Yeah, right now he can see. Watch. He ends up winning the starting job in camp because Drew Brees is getting targeted by all of his teammates. Um, all right. Kev, you got something weird for me? I do, actually. It's, it's a little statulated, but first, Weird Shit in Sports is brought to you by Hubble. Head over to Hubble, download the app. You can rate or review individual episodes, which is great. It's H-U-B-L, and there are logos, a telescope on a red background. It's in the App Store, Google. It's on the App Store, Google Play Store. Give them a follow on social media at Hubble Podcast app. Episode ratings and reviews are 
game changers, can let you see what podcasts you want to listen to, what the good ones are, and what the crappy ones are, for lack of a better word. And also, it gives us better feedback so we can continue to make the show better for you. They help new listeners know where to start on new podcasts, and they stop you from wasting your time listening to bad podcast episodes. And we know, as fans, you like our podcast, but we want you to be as honest as possible here so we can know how we improve, how we can improve. Yes. And they're bringing you weird shit in sports. Pete Maravich would have turned 73. And his stats in the SEC are absurd. His points were gained versus SEC opponents. And he played four years like everyone did in college back then. Kentucky put up 52 points per game. Auburn, 49. Alabama, 49. Mississippi State, 47.3. Georgia, 46. Vandy, 44.7. Florida, 44. Ole Miss, 42.3. Somehow Tennessee only held them to 23 points per game. But take out Tennessee. Pete Maravich is is scoring above 40 on every opponent without a three-point line. I also feel like the three-point line... It changed the game almost because, like, the spacing got different. I almost, like... Because, like, you ever played a game... Of, even just to play, like, a game of 2K where you don't have a three-point line? I just feel like it kind of adds a weird element to it. Yeah, and I mean... But also, I mean, Pete Maravich was a guard. Yes. So that's even harder to do because all the big men were just down low. He played at LSU, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. Pistol Pete is just a legend, so... Dude was a monster. He had a quote saying how he didn't want to just play 10 years in the league and then die of a heart attack at, like, 45. Damn. You want to know what he did? Died of a heart attack at 45. Played 10 years in the league and died of a heart attack at 40. That's just... Oh, God. That's just eerie. That's, That's the weird part, how he said that and then... Did it. Where's the Twilight? Where's the twi- Where's uh, Jordan Peele in the Twilight Zone? Uh, I don't feel like pulling it off. But yeah, he would have been he would have been 73 yesterday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Pistol Pete. And also, by the way, happy belated Father's Day to all of the dads. Stone Cold Steve, Marcus the Carcass, my boy Chris P, all the dads around, my Uncle Glenn, all the dads that are pay big roles in our lives, your lives. Wish them all a happy belated Father's Day. I spent the day drinking Miller Lite, eating chicken wings, and building a deck with my dad. Nothing more clem than that. I spent the day mowing the lawn and then going shopping with my dad to get clothes. And then eating steak. Could could be worse things. Yeah. All right. Uh, folks, last I was actually nah, – I'm, I'm kidding. That's not last call. Last call for today is about baseball. Um, so the other day I saw this – poll from MLB, I think it was on their Twitter or whatever. It was about should Barry Bonds be a Hall of Famer? And y'all know, I've gone on length on articles and rants, whatever. Can I just make one quick point as we kick that smooth jazz, if I haven't said that already? Um, The MLB made millions off of the steroid era. And you could watch the McGuire docu- McGuire social documentary. You could watch the Griffey documentary that was on MLB Network this weekend. Our boy Stone Cold Steve's a big Griff guy. Um, you could even be like... Not my dad. What? You mean Stevie Double Dribbles. Stevie Double Dribbles, our boy Steve Peralt. Um, you said Stone Cold Steve. 
Yeah, I know. I, there are way too many Steves. Uh, it's it's crazy to me how the MLB can be hypocritical about it. I don't know. It's just baseball. I said this the other day to my parents. I'm like, you know what? Baseball, I'm optim. It's it's like it's getting me weird. When the old guard goes away, when you like you do, you stop hearing from these baseball writers who are 75 years old and remember when the game was great. And, you know, you get guys like me and Kev in our 30s who, who knows, Kev, we play our cards where we may be MLB Hall of Fame writers, voters, I don't know. Um, like, the the Hall of Fame, the league may just look so much different. I, I don't know, I'm kind of optimistic for a little change in baseball, a sport that usually needs a little kick in the pants to get there. So, all right, that's it. Kev, you got anything else? Uh, yeah, free Pete. Free Pete. Also, uh, Free Barry and A Rod and Roger and I mean, well, not Roger, um, not, not Roger, Roger. Not, not Roger. But yeah, Free uh, Barry and Free A Rod. Um, also, um, download Hubble. It's so easy. Jared can do it. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> I'm Jared. That's Kevin. Uh, belly up. Uh, we'll uh, host our corner with pregame on Thursday on Twitter. We who knows? We might even do a show. Who knows? All right. I'm Jared. I'm Jared. That's Kevin. We'll catch y'all later. Peace. Bye. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.